Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Verifiable, Verifiable Randomness. Randomness. Yeah, let me know. I was listening to the show, and the first part of our taping last week, my, my microphone was making a weird echo. I, did you catch that when you listened to it? Yes. <laughs> well, but not live. You're right, not live. Well, hopefully that won't be the case. There must be a setting on this thing that I accidentally hit. Um, but uh, apologies to the listeners if you found it annoying. I was just telling you, big, big, big day. Cut off the man bun, which I've had for years now. And I finished a 87-hour water fast with some coffee in the morning. I mentioned, and I like the fasts, not for weight loss. I don't need it for weight loss. It's for immunity it's you know they say you get autophagy have you heard of that autophagy i don't know how you pronounce it but it's basically where your body gets rid of all the, the dead or dying cells and replaces it with healthier ones so it's like you're giving yourself a cleanse at the cellular level and um i also do it when i feel like my relationship with food is turning bad like i'm mindlessly eating or i really get an addiction to sugar like I kept finding myself justifying eating this gelato that was, it didn't have refined sugar. It had like coconut nectar or whatever. And I just was like eating it. And I was like, this is bad because I'm craving it. And I don't like craving. I find craving sugar might as well, it's just a super drug and I'm craving something. Might as well be alcohol or cigarettes or heroin or whatever. And then the other reason is it's the mind over matter thing. Cause you don't need the food. Like you don't, especially for three and a half days, you're not, you're not gonna like start. Maybe if you can't, you came in with an eating disorder and your body mass index was, you know, in the low single digits, maybe, but most people are not, you know, it's not, you're not going to like die. You're not going to suffer. So it becomes this, you're kicking the addiction and it's I set this time frame I wanted to do it for. And then my, it's kind of like when I used to run cross country and my body would be like, oh, just stop. It's okay. Just stop. Nothing's going to happen to you. Like, please just stop. And then you have to push yourself through that. And then you're so happy you pushed, you overcame that. I feel like it's similar to this where I, I was coming up with all these excuses to myself of why I should just stop early. And I did enough. How many, every two days was enough. And, and it's really like, you got to push through. And that happens so much, especially when you're working from home. And it's not like, it's not like a, a heroin rehab where you, probably can't get access to heroin it's like there's just tons of food in my pantry in my fridge yeah actually went shopping on day two to prove to myself i could shop and it wouldn't wow. and it wouldn't um throw me off wow do you shopping. subscribe to the notion that willpower is a muscle <laughs> like like a literal muscle or a figurative muscle? Figurative muscle. See, even, I mean, maybe. I just feel like even, like, let's say I didn't, I only slept like three hours a night. My willpower mm. would, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be very high. Mm. So I don't know if it's something you just can work on because I feel like it depends on how functioning you are. But your other muscles wouldn't be very high functioning as well if That's you only true. slept three hours. That's true. There was a book I read called The Willpower Instinct where they, the author made a case for this theory and it resonated with me a bit. Her hypothesis was that or I don't know if this was her hypothesis or if I just freestyled this on my own, but that I didn't want to spend my willpower energy on things that were extraneous to my core task. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do say decision-making gets harder. Like you don't want to make decisions later in the day when you're fatigued your mind. So I guess it depends on what your definition of a muscle is. 
I guess I'm trying to say muscle in the sense that you can train it by practice and it will get stronger. And then also, you know, so like maybe there's a lot of genetic stuff in there though. For with willpower, willpower. Wood willpower. Yeah. yeah, interesting. There's a lot of stuff, genetic stuff with actual muscles too though. And you can change mm-hmm. it though with like uh, with exercise. To a degree, I'm not getting I'm not getting LeBron James muscular skeletal architecture with exercise. That's genetic. Yes. I can make my muscles bigger, but I'm not gonna change them in that way. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna or Michael Phelps. I could swim a million miles. I'm never gonna have this <laughs> genetically perfectly designed for swimming body type. Yeah, maybe. You know this NBA player, Muggsy Bose, this super short <laughs> yeah. NBA player? Yeah. I course. kind of am interested in people like this. Like, because I feel like with sports, especially, part of it is athletic ability. Somebody once said this to me who's from Denver. They're like, oh, yeah, if you live in Denver, you can run so far because of the altitude. And I can just come like to whatever, any place like New York, and I can just run so far. And I wonder why the Denver Broncos don't win all the time. And I was like, well, it's because sports is athleticism, like the Oakland athletics, but it's also intelligence. So there should also be like a team called the intelligencies because, you know, like maybe LeBron James is like much taller than like some guy or like much stronger than him. But like if that guy's more clever than him, he can just be in the right spot at the right time and – how many people do you think told Muggsy Bogues when he told him his dream to play in the NBA? <laughs> they told him that would never happen. How probably much adversity person. do you think he had to overcome? I don't know, though. Like, yeah, probably a lot in the beginning. But then it's also a team sport, too. So it's fascinating. Maybe, if I ever met Muggsy Bogues, I would be like, how many people told you your dream could never come true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome, right? For me, that – I always encounter this. So I think that most people, when you're trying to do anything, will, yeah. <laughs> will tell you that it's impossible and you can't be done and yes. give you a million reasons why you shouldn't do it. Yep. Yeah, it's fascinating. I was talking about this with somebody recently. And so for me, I had to like, even just building this app, like everyone told me I couldn't do it. So then I had to just like shut everyone out, not listen to them at all. And people who are like super negative, I just stopped talking to them. I like excised them from my life. But then when you're like trying to popularize it, you have to talk to everyone. And like show it to every person. So they're like the opposite like orientations. Yeah, why do you think some people are so negative on other people's ideas? Do you think I have a theory? Yeah, what's what's your theory? My theory is that many people for like they have their own like dream, you could say, that they want to achieve, but they like have rationalized themselves away from it. They're like, no, I would never go after that it's impractical for this 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 reason yeah so then when they see somebody who's like taking all of their excuses and just like throwing them into the wind they're like oh shit like this person is like just showing me that all those excuses i made are bullshit and then Mm. yep so they like want to like just tear you down so that you're not doing it and then also like tell you all these like reasons that they keep thinking about all the time in their head like have you thought of this have you thought of this that'll never work ah because if you do do it and those reasons that they keep giving themselves are not actual reasons for not doing what they want to do, then they'll just feel terrible. I think that's fair. I do think also, have you noticed, or at least for me, I've noticed, I almost dislike the things in others that I dislike about myself. Always, always, always. I notice this. But I don't even realize it until later. I'm like, oh, I think that person annoys me because they have the same thing about my same whatever flaw or self-flaw that I think I have. Yeah. I always notice this. It's basically like the number one way I will dislike somebody. And then I'll even realize that this is why I dislike the person, but I'll still dislike them. I just won't. <laughs> I can't reconcile. Like, You know what I mean? So it's almost like your friends have to have different flaws than you? Totally. I had like a colleague and I remember I just hated this guy. And I realized that it was because he was just like so like caricaturistically 
like all the things about myself that I don't like just in my face all the time. And then I like, but I just couldn't like him. Even realizing that I still just couldn't bring myself to like my, oh, just thought he was such a goddamn bastard. I don't know why. Yeah, I had a thing with other people who had baby faces in like college. I'd be like, that guy pisses me off. And I don't know why. <laughs> why has he got such a baby face? Why can't he be like a man, you know, a man's face? This guy I remember in high school as well. He had curly hair and I was just like, and like was just kind of had a similar personality to me and I just hated him for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder, do you think that applies to romantic partnership? Huh. Like you couldn't be with someone who had your same flaws? Or do you think, is that where the expression opposites attract came from? Mm, I think it, opposites attract is like because it works out best if you have complementary skill sets. Something like yeah. That. I don't know. I've never thought about it like that. I don't know if the things that I dislike about myself are unisex or particular to being. I don't know. I have to think about this. It doesn't apply to siblings. Because I like my sister. She's very similar to me in almost every way. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Or like cousins. My cousins are like me too. And I don't dislike them. I wonder if I... Reasons when I spar with my brother it's because I wish he was more like me. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, so there's, okay, so we're saying there's a difference between family and partners, perhaps. Fascinating. Why didn't so, you like so that Todd McCowan thing? Why didn't I like what? That video about sacrifice. You mean the why, the mask wearing one? Oh, it was about masks? Yeah, I watched a bunch of that guy's videos. Yeah, he has one about sacrifice too. Because... Anybody who claims to have a reason, like a one reason for a big issue, is a BS, is Nassim Taleb would say a BS vendor. There's not mm. one reason. And then they come across like so, it's almost like they're so full of BS, they come across like they're so sure of themselves and you just, I think you gotta train your brain to just catch it. And that's why everyone should read the Inserto because I'm listening, I'm like, that's not, what are you talking about, dude? You can't like all this stuff is made up and you're trying to find one reason that unites all this made up stuff, which is impossible. Wouldn't that apply to Nassim Taleb too though? Can't you turn this inserto against him? He's, but he's not, he's not saying it's one reason. He's saying it's many reasons. He's never said one reason for anything. Like well, that's not, I mean, I can't or say Randomness that's or something. He's got core memes. And I feel yeah, like you can turn his, okay, yeah, so. But randomness, randomness is, by definition, not one thing. It's random. There's not yeah, one but, cause, effect to a cause. And, yeah. I don't so, like and that. I just don't, I don't like, like it when people say it in such, they're like, have this, I feel like the more BS someone is, the more they say it with such certainty in a, mm-hmm. and in a way that attracts people. Because I think our brains crave that one explanation for how something works, like hashtag religion, right? Mm-hmm. And because for whatever it soothes our brain, our brain holes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I like about this guy because he's. And then it's like the more it's like think about it, the more BS somebody is, the more it's, they speak so confidently about something. I feel like, like assured that this is the reason why this happened. That with a with a subject like that, well, first off. Democrats and Republicans is a made-up thing, and it means different things to many people. And yeah. for someone to say this applies to all of it, like this, it's like, what do you? There, number one, there isn't even a this. Number two, like, there's not an all this either. So you're trying to say, well, I can explain why all this is. No, you can't. You're full of BS, dude. So I can't stand that stuff. And I think the quicker you train your brain, or people train their brains to catch that out. It's it's a good hack. I love that kind of stuff. It's my favorite 
but it's type the worst. of content to consume. Oh, it's the worst. It's so bad for your brain. The uh, <laughs> no, I think it's great I for your brain. The, buddy, I, cr- I now I train my brain. If something sounds, if someone says like a maxim that sounds really good, you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, I will. Like, Wait a second, it sounds <laughs> that good. It can't be true. Like einmalst keinmal. Oh yeah. All right, like I was watching this um, carnivore diet science guy talk about. And he's just, and I, I mean, again, I don't think I necessarily agree 100% with it, but he's like, let's just assume we've been told all our lives, you need to eat vegetables to be healthy. Let's just assume that's not true. Let's just state the, the opposite mm-hmm. and then see what we can find. And I just liked that he, I was like, okay, I've been told that my whole life eating vegetables. Okay. I like that. I'll go with that. Let's just assume actually eating vegetables is bad for you. Um, mm-hmm. What would you discover? if you had a wider lens instead of just accepting it. So, um, and that's the like way you know, that people do math proofs. Yeah. He brought up a really good, some really good, interesting arguments. Um, I don't know how super fleshed out, but it's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like, um, the phyto it's, the plants have evolved to release chemicals when they're, getting eaten uh over so many millions of years so when we kill them they release you know they have these embedded chemicals and um stuff that aren't necessarily good for humans like oxalates which i think are primary cause of kidney stones um taleb gives a whole his whole spiel about how eating oranges is bad for health oranges because they're so yeah. fake they're so engineered to be too sweet he also i something that annoys me about him is that he like loves ancient greece because he like identifies with ancient greece and like socrates and stuff because he is like really into the idea that lebanon is part of ancient greece or something like this I've, this is what i recall about him and like yeah he's just like weirdly like neoclassical in this sense which is annoying and like i don't know i don't know he's don't like ancient greek chauvinist huh <laughs> dude i think his thing is that there's so much 99 percent of what you read is bs so he has to be i think his thing is he's like he one of his things is if you see fraud and you don't call fraud you're you are a fraud so he's comes off like he's maybe cantankerous but i think it's just because he's seeing so much fraud and he's calling it out and he doesn't have patience for bs vendors like if he saw this guy's video i'm sure he'd like yell at him i bet that he would call himself out though if he, he could call himself, himself out parallel universe totally no but he talked so if, if you even at the beginning of fooled by randomness he talks about how he has to let his mind accept stuff in the arts like that's and that's i definitely feel like i really did at some point you can't because if you can't even appreciate the arts for their uh, more emotional as opposed to rational processes then um, i just don't think life's as fun here's an interesting thing i, I read recently mm-hmm. about how um stoic philosophy is linked to depression what is it what how stoic philosophy is linked to depression. <laughs> That's funny. Cause it's a purportedly the opposite, right? Well, it's just like dealing calmly and not being emotional. And I think people are saying, look, if you can't be emotional, you're not going to enjoy being a human being. And part of being a human being is being emotional. And you're gonna, which I feel like I can almost relate to. If you're too stoic, uh, probably too emotional. You know, it's all, there's all this spectrum stuff. But I thought that was interesting. Again, something stoicism so in vogue, and I, I thought that was interesting. That guy Ryan Holiday is just yeah. so into it, so annoyingly. I find as so well. annoyingly. I got his book at work. One of his books. I got his book. He goes the enemy. It was such a. It was so bad. It was badly written. It was it's just terrible. the spark notes of like you. If you get Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, and then you have like a really bad spark notes copy of it for a yeah, high school I mean, book report. This thing sold millions of copies. I don't know how. It was, t- I mean, it was objectively terrible. 
Like he's a marketing person, genius. That's why. The other person who read it was like, I couldn't, I like, she actually, she started, she's like, I can't read it anymore. It's terrible. And I was like, what? But I heard it's so good. And then I got two chapters in maybe, maybe even less. I was like, you're right. This is garbage. Like it was His so- masterpiece though is a book about how he can sell people garbage. <laughs> really? Yeah. There's a book that he wrote called Trust Me, I'm Lying about how he markets things. He used to be the marketing guy for American Apparel when they were cool back in the 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great book. So that's a good one? Totally. It's called Trust Me, I'm Lying. It like, gave me the idea of feeding things up the chain, quote unquote, where big blogs cruise the internet for bad blogs like small blogs, unknown blogs, to get stories, to get ideas for stories. And those unknown blogs have way less of a threshold for actual real content. And so if you populate a story in these many fake blogs, then a bigger blog will pick those up, pick up that story, and then they'll run it because they just need content in our day and age. And then so a bigger blog, like the New York Post, would see like, okay, this like medium-sized blog ran this story and like started all these others. We should run the story too. And then like the New York Times will see like, oh, wow, the New York Post and like all these people ran this story. We should also run it. And then like CNN will pick it up. So it was basically like a primer on fake news, but it came out in 2010 or something like this. So it was kind of before that meme of fake news really caught on. And I thought it was a really good book. Okay. And I've been putting the ideas into practice for chess. Well, it's good to know he did something good. Yeah, but I think Man, that's I couldn't exactly believe what, what a bold BS book that was. Oh, my God. Terrible. By the way, do you have a sponsor for the show? Hmm. Mm. No. My sponsor, though, is not randomness. Yeah, okay. My sponsor is not randomness. I don't like, I think that Peter Thiel has this really good insight, which I identify with or which resonates with me about how you're not a lottery ticket. So your life is not just random. So people in our modern age think that like the future is unpredictable and you should just invest in some kind of a, like what are these ETF because you can't take a stance on the future because it's unknowable. And I just don't like that idea. I think that people with their actions can affect the course of events. And I think that you can take a position on the future and predict it. And so I don't like Nassim's annoying fool by randomness. But that's randomness, bro. If you take a position and you predict it, it, that was randomness that you predicted it correctly. You you aren't a sage. I don't think it so. didn't happen because you willed it. It happened because of randomness. You proving you willed it. to it's left point. No, I don't think so. Yes. I think that, no, I don't think so. Yes. What do you think? No. This is like the secret where if you like wish for 20 bucks, no, you'll no, get no, 20 no, no, no. no, no, no. I don't think it's like that. I think it's like, like I was telling you before about like Adidas or something. So when I was living in New York, I saw that trendy looking people were wearing Adidas all the time. And then I went on vacation to Europe. I saw everyone was wearing Adidas. I was like, okay. Adidas is probably a good company. I should invest in Adidas. And I did that and it worked out. You know, I don't think that's a randomness. The random, there would be randomness in a few that the rant, look, if Adidas had some major accounting scandal and a stock drop, even if they were selling so many shoes and the stock dropped 50%, your stock would have plummeted because of randomness. The fact that you happen to go to Europe and see people wearing the shoes is randomness. It's not randomness though. Yes, it is. This is his point too. It's like, because you can only see one event, like future play out, you can't. So his, his whole, one of his biggest points is that, okay, he talks about like, um, if you had locked airplane doors before 9-11, the airplane executives would have been mad. You made them spend all that money and nothing would have ever happened. So they'd be like, why did we waste all that money? Because they couldn't see the future. So because you didn't see a future where Adidas had some major accounting scandal and their stock dropped 50%, you're assuming that you predicted the future correctly, but you didn't. It was just the randomness of events that led, look, you're being a, observational, like that's how you should invest, right? I mean, I think it's totally different things. Like if everyone's buying an iPhone, like, okay, you should probably get Apple. It's not like, but still there could be random events like 
Adidas or Adidas could run out of shoelaces. I don't know. It's like the world could <laughs> run out of shoelace material. Who knows? All those are random events that you or Adidas wouldn't have much control over. Like Covioid. Like Covioid 19 is an example of that random event. Covioid 19, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it's random. Like, I feel like he's on a crusade to take everyone down a peg who works on Wall Street because he himself is a Wall Street guy. And he's just like trying to like show everyone how like how to say arrogant they are and how whatever inflated their egos are because he's so clever and like you know but randomness itself is just like a kind of religion so no, it's like dude okay yes, it Look, is. you're not gonna win this you're you're just wrong about, i don't know how to tell you you're just wrong about this is i don't even think you've read him his issue I with have. wall street bankers isn't the ego it's that if you put yourself in a position as a rent-seeking intermediary Right. If you if you if people have to go through you to do business, and no matter what happens, you always win. That's what pisses it. That's what pisses me off about. It. It's not the ego thing. Anybody who's a toll booth collector and can never lose, and they think they're great. They're not great because they're great. They're they they have this income because they're toll booth collectors, and they force themselves into this position where they have to they have to always win. So they don't have you know, and then there's no skin in the game. That's his point, which I know you definitely agree with. I don't, because I'm myself yes, trying to become a, I'm trying to become a toll booth collector in my own life. I'm trying to become a rent-seeking toll booth collector of my app. <laughs> That's not the definition. <laughs> That's not the yeah, right definition. Yeah, but I'm trying to just like have it be passively generating income and me just collecting rents, you could say, from it. Okay. How this, the def, actual definition would work in your example is, I mean, you could actually argue the app store is the rinsing intermediary because for you to get your device on iPhones, you have to go through Apple. Okay, you're not That's the rent seeker because you're building the app. It's the person you have to give it to to actually distribute it. Yeah, but I don't like blame them for this, honestly, because they also enable it to instantaneously be in everybody's pocket all around the world yeah i'm i look i'm just saying in this example that's who the red sea intermediary because i'm just trying to say you don't have the right definition but I'm i not also getting, would be i'm one. not getting into the nuances of whether or not um wouldn't you say i also would be a rent seeking intermediary you're selling a good people don't have to to play chess people don't have to go through you they do though to play, okay, to play your specific form of chess. Yeah, yeah. But look, if there were competitive, if someone said, I'm going to make a different version of chess, they wouldn't have to go through you to do it. If you'd have you're to go a toll booth them, collector, people have to go through you to pass through, to get to the other don't. side. I mean, there even with literal toll boots, that's not the case. You can talk by Zoom. You can take a plane. <laughs> but I don't even know. I'm also maybe in the mood of just disagreeing with everything. I'm feeling disagreeable today, so. Yeah, well, I'm actually liking this because I think people are listening and are going to be like, why is Matthew being so stupid? Like, your <laughs> arguments are so weak and lazy and uninformed. I'm just having a blast ripping them to pieces. <laughs> like, like, it's fun to debate someone who's clearly has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> could be, could be. Why do you think you're feeling so... Um... So contrarian today? I mean, I feel like you're always feeling contrarian, but why especially so today? I don't know. I just, I'm observing my behavior in real time and just getting that impression. I will say though that I just am not a fan of Taleb because he is so arrogant and annoying to me. Yeah, but if you read him, you'll understand that it's not really arrogance. And he's actually hilarious. I find him to be so funny sometimes. He makes me laugh out loud. He's funny. And it's right. But not intentionally. I'm laughing at him. No, intentionally, him. dude. He's a funny guy. He's intentionally funny. He's funny, but I'm laughing yeah. at him, not with him. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think he's the best modern-day philosopher we have. What? No way. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I think that Slavoj Žižek is the best modern-day philosopher. I've never heard of him. 
Dude, he's so awesome. He's a genius. He's alive? Yeah, he's so awesome. What's his, what are his big points? Basically, that guy, Todd McGowan, whose video I sent you, he's like a disciple of Zizek. Dude, I hate him then. Todd McGowan's stupid. Dude, Todd, Todd McGowan is like, slaps. look, dude, there's no one, there's no difference between Todd McGowan and a priest. They're both like, look, I have the answer. I have the one true answer. And everyone's like, oh, you do? Dude, you know all these people don't, they're human beings. They don't have the one true answer. That's a crazy thing for a human being to say or to pretend to even know. They're based on Freud. It's all kind of based on Freud ideas. But we don't, humans don't all, <laughs> can't all fit into one bucket. Well, I don't really think about all humans, and I'm not really that interested in all humans. I'm mostly interested in people who are like, in like oriented in Western culture. This is my primary like mode of understanding the world. So that's like what I try to think about, like when I'm trying to understand my own mind. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think that Freud is so awesome and interesting. And those guys like who are in this school of psychoanalysis are just, their insights are just so resonant with me. I don't know. I just think they're great. Like, ugh. some of them are detestable. Like I find Jordan Peterson to just be like a total eye rolling snooze fest. I think that he and Taleb, I put them in the same category. No, dude. Come <laughs> yeah, on. <totally. laughs> That's just blowhards. Right. That's I have a no. box of blowhards and <laughs> they're in there. Bar, That's what I think of him. I get the Jordan Peterson. Um, Jordan Peterson. Uh. <laughs> but he is, Jordan Peterson does have some good points. Dude, points. it's so awesome though. He's such a fool though in some sense. Like he did a debate <laughs> with Slavoj Žižek about yeah. communism and Slavoj Žižek just destroyed him. It was so awesome. He was so arrogant going into it. And I feel like Zizek just ripped his, ripped him in half. It was crazy. You'll have to send me this. He, dec- he utterly decimated Jordan Peterson. I think Jordan Peterson went home and cried after that. I'm going to, can you, <laughs> can you find that link and send it to me 100%. so I can judge? Absolutely. Slavoj Zizek. Dude, I went to Ljubljana, Slovenia just literally to pay homage, to pay homage. When was this? In 2016 or something. Okay. 2016. The homeland of Slavoj Žižek. He, okay. He How was Slovenia to, as a country? Pretty? Yeah, Slovenia. He rose to prominence in Slovenia? Yeah. Eh, it's okay. Ljubljana is not that cool. I mean, it's cool enough, but it's not like very cosmopolitan. It's kind of small. It actually reminds me of Savannah. <laughs> I wonder if I listen to it and I, I feel like people always think the person who wins the debate is the one who's, they just agree with more anyway, even if it's like, it's hard to objectively say who won a debate. I mean, if someone just went up there and was like goo goo gaga for all the answers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. then I think more people would be like, yeah, I don't think he won because he just said goo goo gaga. But <laughs> Nah, I think it's pretty evident. All right, I'll give it a look. I'll give it a listen. And uh, I think like the presidential debate, it was evident who won. It was evident that Joe Biden won the presidential debate. I don't think it's much in dispute. But see, Even supporters my- of Trump, I feel like, would admit it. Because I feel like his he came out there and his like whole thing was that he wanted to destabilize him and make him like stutter and act look stupid and act foolish and like, like a senile and yes and he didn't achieve that goal so he lost i think it's objective like (laughs) but i don't know you didn't watch it though right no oh how could you not watch that it was amazing don't want self-torture i told you I think I that's self torture. I'm yeah, so oh, yeah. fascinated by it. I love this stuff. I think it's so. I don't really care about politics, but I like. I'm just a fan of the game. It's like watching the Super Bowl. I didn't used to really care about football, but I would just like to watch the Super Bowl because it's like, you know. I feel 
I don't like it because it's like right now it's like Twitter just becomes an outrage machine. It's not, it's like people just are outraged about stuff and need to put it on Twitter. It's like Twitter's their therapist. And it's like, I'll, I'll constantly be following and unfollowing people because people will say something cool and smart and have a unique insight and then they'll just be outraged. And I'll be like, how, I thought you were smart, but you're acting like an emotional animal, like a child being outraged, outraged. Yeah, like when weird. they announced the new iPhones, the people who were so mad and outraged that <laughs> didn't have the feature we all want. <laughs> yeah. I feel their pain. What are you looking up? I was looking up actually, so Instagram, because I put a thing on Instagram today and uh, it's so fascinating how addictive it is because I- uh, Dude, my buddy was just telling me the same thing. How, yeah. He wanted me to like see this thing on Instagram so he so I'd understand how addicting it was. I was like, dude, I understand it. That's why I don't have it. Or like I have 100% it. understand how addicting it is. Well, I mean, Twitter's I addicting enough. I think that Twitter's... I hacked these technologies though. Wait, wait, wait. Because I use them only as output. I don't get input from them. I follow zero people on all of them, which is kind of like a statement. It's like, I am doing my own thing. I'm not following anybody. So it's like that. I'm signaling to people how independent minded I am. <laughs> but also it makes it that like, I just use them as like output machine, like to propagate my own ideas. With no inputs. <laughs> how, um, how, uh, or what got you, uh, what was on the Instagram thing that got you addicted? I posted my own uh, story of that article that got written about me. Actually, this is my first piece of true press. The first time that I got a story written about chess, which I didn't pay for. <laughs> nice. Have you yeah. considered from a marketing perspective to call yourself Smatthew? <laughs> Dude, I was annoyed actually. They wrote me as Matthew English because that is a marketing perspective. And I, like part of the reason I went first name, initial, middle name, last name, was because it had great SEO, it still has. And they wrote it as Matthew English. But because I didn't pay for this interview, I would felt sheepish to call them out on it and be like, uh, excuse me, could you please fix this? So I just let I think it fly. You have a, I think that's an editorial thing that they should, that's reasonable request. If they got your name wrong. I think that's a reasonable. They didn't get it wrong though. They just stylized it wrong. I don't know. I let it slide because I want, I don't want to, it's like, you know, this guy did me a favor and I'm not trying to like be an ingrate. And also I want to maybe have him write more articles about me in the future. And I don't want to, I don't know, you know, alienate Have you considered changing your first name to Slav? Someone's like, what's the S stand for? You're like Slavage. Dude. I considered changing it to Siegfried or Solomon, actually. Because I was like, it's just already S. I might as well just swap it out. And I was like, Solomon is cool, but also Siegfried is cool. So, (laughs) Oh, man. Too funny. What do you have a preference for either of those? I mean, my preference is Smathew. Because everyone would be like, Smathew. That would do so well in SEO. Dude, honestly, I think the best name is Theodore. Theodore? Because, yeah, it's equal parts wasp and mosaic because Theodore Herzl or Theodore Roosevelt, you know? Yeah, Theodore. Theo. Do you ever wonder why, dude, why, okay, because your parents gave you a pretty common name. Do you ever wonder why? Which one, Matthew? Yeah. Everyone in my family is named Matthew. Almost everyone. I just, you know, my friend's name Mike or David. I'm just like. You, <laughs> I was ever just like, with five Davids. It's just like, what are, you, are your parents just like, let's be safe and boring? Like, I just don't understand. Why? No, literally, they just, everyone in my family has the same name, Matthew. Like me at a family function. <laughs> every male person in the room has the name Matthew in some part of the As their middle name? Yeah. What about first names though? Why do you think people do it? Like I never want to have a kid. 
and then just be like, oh, I'm just going to give you a common ass boring name. Abraham Lincoln English, dude. There it is. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually, I'd want it to be Jet. Jet. CEO. Benjamin? Worked, worked what about for? Benjamin Benjamin, dude? Benjamin Benjamin. Well, now we're getting into names, bro. Oh, yeah. What about D's D's? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It can be beeped out. It's easy. What's, uh, what else you got? Um, dude, correspondence? Not fun to keep up with that. And what I'm not getting correspondence. People write me emails and then I just have to write them back, but I just put it off for like days and days. Emails about what? Just nothing, basically. <laughs> Hold on. Why are people <laughs> writing you mean like family members writing you emails? I don't understand what you're talking about. No, like for instance, I'll give you an example. This art club. We joined this art club here and the director of it or whatever wrote me an email. And I just know that I have to get back to her, but like I haven't. So just sits okay. in my inbox for five days or something. I just wait till basically the last possible moment where they're like, is this person just willfully ignoring me or dead or kidnapped? And then See, I'm I the going, opposite. Really? See, maybe this, maybe that's why this friendship works like <laughs> about the beginning. Like we do act very differently. The, yeah. I'm all about if it takes a minute to respond, just do it right away. Just knock it out as fast as possible. And then it weighs off your conscience. Yeah. Maybe. The opposite thing. When do you move into your new place? 26th. Okay. Did you have to start buying new furniture? Yes. And it's a 14-month lease because there's two free months. So it ends on Christmas 2021. Pretty goddamn unchristian-like, right? Are you, are you excited or are you going to miss the place you're living in? This place is cool, but it has some drawbacks. It doesn't have a bathtub, for instance. I really treasure the ability to take a bath. Really? That's, see, that's an interesting fact. I never really care about that. Because that's a lot great of effort. ideas in the bath. Dude, really? it's worth it. I have the best ideas in the Dude, people are always bathing. standing with their disgusting feet in the shower, and then you're bathing in other people's, like, feet water. It's my own. Like, you, also, you this is never lived-in apartment. So this apartment has a bath. Yes. Dude, Archimedes, Archimedes, Eureka, this all went down in a bath. Okay, maybe you're onto something. Dude, it's not me who's onto something, it's Archimedes, dude. Taleb would love it. If you told that to Taleb, dude, Archimedes, he must be from Greece. Dude, what? If you told this Slavish guy, this, you're like, I have the one exact reason why this thing happened, and it's the only one universal reason i found give you the like, freudian reason for why it's that case and it would make perfect sense because <laughs> that's just his how he rolls dude okay that guy todd mcgowan i'll tell you why he's awesome remember i don't think i said this on an earlier podcast that you have to learn german to read hegel that dude okay. todd mcgowan learned german to read hegel he did it Okay, Taleb learned like a dead language to read it in the original form. Oh my form. God, Taleb. He read like, he learned, uh, what did he learn? Aramaic, but he already speaks Arabic. No big deal. Tomato, tomato, dude. Taleb, get a life, Taleb. This is one issue I don't support <laughs> your brain logic on. You learned Aramaic, but you speak Arabic. Oh my God. It's like reading Shakespeare if you speak English. Dude, he speaks seven languages or something crazy. No, he doesn't. Yes. No, he doesn't. He speaks English and, okay, if you live in a country that is not America or England or Australia or whatever, and you learn English, I'm not impressed. Because every good movie, everything that you want to do yeah. is in English. And if you don't learn English, you're an idiot. 
So it's like, basically, I feel that I got shortchanged by not being born in like a country like France or something where like I would have had to learn English because obviously they would have done it anyway. I'm just interested in culture. So like, yeah, just subtract one from his list because English, it's like everyone's natural native language. And so, okay, he went to school in France because the education system in Lebanon is terrible. So, okay, you learned French. Congratulations. I know French too. Not as good as you, but... I mean, if you know English, then learning French is not that hard. And then he probably speaks like somewhat a few other languages, like, but not as good as probably English or French. And then he makes a big deal about it, how bad, how smart he is. But actually, he's not that smart. Okay, but you're missing like four languages. Whatever, dude. Taleb. Get a life, Taleb. <laughs> Anywho, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't think for uh. Oh, by the way, is everything open in Savannah, or are there still restrictions? Dude, Brian Kemp is so uncompromising. Donald Trump, even in the spring, was yelling at him for leaving things open in Georgia. Like so, back in the original press conferences, Donald Trump's like, I'm mad at Brian Kemp for leaving things open in Georgia. So could you go to a movie theater and it could be sold out, packed, or they have limits? I think like the individual business owners try to like enforce some of this limits, but there are movie theaters open. I see them. I mean, I went to a movie theater, but it was, they had to keep it at like some half capacity or something. I'm not sure, yeah. I do see this sign around, some people place it that says... Businesses are not liable because of COVID under this whatever Georgia state law. Do you have to wear masks in stores in Georgia? The mayor of Savannah is kind of trying to force people to do it, but like there's a mandatory mask order. But, 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 but the state of Georgia doesn't force you to do it. So who knows how it is? I guess like some stores ask you to do it, but you don't have to do it. I really have no idea. I honestly am not opposed to it though. I used to wear masks on the New York subway way back in the day because I just like, it would really freak people out. I would wear sunglasses and a hat and a mask and people would just be looking at me like I was really some kind of insane person, which I thought was fun. But so when everyone was freaking out about masks, I had a bunch of them. So I was all set. Nice. Well, here, I mean, I just, I just don't know. Cause here, at, you know, all the stores you have to you go in, you have to wear a mask. Like, and everybody complies. So I was just wondering if they were, in other states it was different. Like, I, I'd be shocked if I was in a store here and someone wasn't wearing a mask. Stores? Individual stores try and do it. But, like, New York, for instance, is way more, like, conscientious about it. There are people here that just really don't care. So, it's like that. Have you talked to anybody in New York recently? Yeah, I have. What What are they said? Uh, one of my friends almost got robbed. Really? Yeah. Where? In Long Island City. Okay. How do you yes. almost get robbed? I guess there was some chasing involved. Really? And like, yeah. What time of day? I don't know. I didn't ask. Wait, no, I did ask, but. He didn't tell me. <laughs> and okay, then, so not good. Yeah, and asked somebody else. I got a text message from somebody that said, are you still in New York or have you left like everybody else? And I said, no, I left. And I asked how was New York and they said, empty, expensive, and cold. And I was like, you forgot dangerous. So but I didn't why say doesn't that. he leave? I don't know. I talked to someone. I really don't. I just asked them. This person's not the most intelligent person. And they were like, oh, it's, yeah, it feels like back to normal, energy's high. And I was like, mm -hmm. I just really don't believe that. <laughs> I feel like you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I will tell you, I just Googled New York weather and uh, it gets into the high 40s this week. I feel like that's wow. really cold. Yeah. Because here it's been really hot. I mean, it was high of 90 yesterday or something. It's mid-October. The weather in Savannah is also good. It's pretty interesting. There are two distinct weather patterns on the East Coast. So below Washington, D.C., 
there's like a certain weather pattern and above Washington DC, there's a different weather pattern. It's really interesting. It's like North and South, you know, the Southeast and Northeast have distinctly different weather on any given day. Is that the same in the West Coast? Do California, do like Los Angeles and San Francisco? I guess San Francisco always has oh, crazy yeah. weird weather. Yeah, Bay Area for sure. Hmm. What about like, where does the weather pattern change though on the West Coast? Where does it change? I don't yeah, know like it's know. pretty distinct in the East. I mean, California coast. is such a such a big coastline. I'm sure it's got many. I guess the mountains must change it or something like that, right? Yeah. Because I guess is it flat around Los Angeles? Yeah, uh, no, there's lots of mountains. Hold on, but why does your friend who say says it's expensive, cold, and empty not leave? Like, what's keeping them there? That's the question. I want His to know. wife has a job there at like a hospital or okay, something like that. Okay. Yeah, and I guess if you have a partner, then it's different. Yeah. Although she works out of the city, so I don't know what they're up to. I don't know what they're about, man. I am, dude. I, I think the struggle I was alluding to—it's real, dude. It's being single in COVID is really bad. It's really hard. Why so? It's hard just really people. hard to meet people. And I know what you mean. It's also hard moving to a new city too. I we're everything's like online, trying to meet people. It seems. Yeah, and all the people I have gone on dates with are they're it's like they're single for a reason. I know that sounds mean or whatever, but I don't know how else to describe it. And then you know you be like, well, you're single, and I'm like, yeah, I get it, but I I know why I'm single, so. That's what this guy, Todd McGowan, would say, that knowing why something about your mind, about like the way that you make decisions is a certain way is so hard to know. And that's why I think that that Freudian stuff is so interesting to me, because I have no idea how or why I do things. I can only guess at it or approximate it. But I think that this Freudian stuff helps to interpret my own behavior. Hey, Alexander. Man, I think I have to take off. All right. Well, to everyone listening, thanks for listening and uh, have fun out there. Have fun out there.